Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient to the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. We're located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We're in that great, big, beautiful town bank building. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank building, which is right across from Winkies. We also are able to service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida and surrounding areas. And if you'd like to put a voice and a face together, learn a little bit more about Ellen Becker Investment group, look at some of our past radio shows, you can go to ellenbecker.com. My guest today is Annalie Kruger, and she is with CareRight. She's been a guest on the show many, many times. Mm -hmm. And I was just curious to find out what's really happened since the pandemic. And there was so much news on um, people who were in retirement communities, people who were in assisted living. And, you know, what is that, um, what has that really been like and how can families approach that? So the pandemic had a drastic, drastic negative effect, obviously on senior care and, and care in general, actually. Um, when families and even professional advocates like myself and my team, we were not deemed essential. And so what we saw happening um, with nearly all of our clients was when, when seniors go into these types of care communities, one of the perks of going there is the social aspect, right? Activities, going to the dining room for meals, eating together. That's because they don't have that at home. And that's why they don't always thrive at home because they don't have enough social supports as well. But when, when seniors were, you know, stuck in their rooms and quarantined in their rooms and eating off of, you know, plastic silverware and styrofoam plates when their food is cold by the time they get to it, we saw a lot of, a lot of weight loss with our clients because it's, it's not appetizing to eat off of styrofoam when your food is cold. Um, we also saw a lot more depression because look at the, look at the content of what was on the news during the pandemic. Every five seconds, they're getting how many people are dying from COVID. And then we had all the rioting going on as well. Right. So there was nothing that they could really watch on TV to, to think about anything other than just like the negativity that was going on in the world because there were no activities in these care communities. So they are stuck in their rooms, they're eating off of silverware that's plastic and, and styrofoams, styrofoam plates and stuff. And then the only socialization and activity and mental stimulation they had was whatever was on TV. And so we saw a lot of depression, we saw a lot more anxiety um, with our clients because they couldn't see um, you know, they couldn't see their kids. And on the same side of that, the adult kids, myself included, had a lot of anxiety because we knew that the care in the care communities was not um, as good as it would have been if families can get in and professional advocates can get in. Um, you know, the, the healthcare system was completely overwhelmed. They had workers sick. 
Um, the healthy workers ended up getting sick. The healthy workers were pulling double shifts more often than not. So, I mean, the whole thing was just a mess. Um, we saw a lot of families taking their loved ones out of those care facilities because they weren't getting the best care and they were worried about what kind of care they were getting. So we saw a lot more adult kids taking their loved ones out of the care community and between the family themselves, if they all lived clustered together, because again, they couldn't travel. So um, if they lived clustered together, they just figured out a, care, a family caregiver schedule and made it work as much as they could because they also weren't too keen on the idea of bringing home care workers in because they were so afraid of bringing COVID into the house. So, um, so that's, one, that's one aspect or multiple aspects is the increased depression, anxiety, socialization. We saw our persons, our clients with dementia failing because again, they didn't have the structure of activities and the structure of family visits and stuff like that. So those that had some confusion were even more confused and they didn't understand why their family couldn't come visit. You know, my, my own mother was in that same predicament. My family was in that same predicament. My mom fell just, you know, in, in December and she ended up having to go into memory care because it, that fall progressed her dementia to the point where I, I couldn't take care of her and my dad couldn't take care of her at home here at my house anymore. Um, and so she ended up going into memory care just weeks, like literally weeks um, before the pandemic hit and the whole the whole world shut down. And, you know, that was in March. By June, she had seven open areas on her skin because of you know poor care, she was falling because they didn't have staff that were trained to take care of folks. So I mean, it was it was a disaster. So Annalie, how can people approach or think about the healthcare system today? Because that is very scary. And you know, one of the things we knew is that we could do Zoom with our with our parents and people in those situations, but nobody had it set up in advance and right. it wasn't really available. And now, you know, people are still a little bit apprehensive. I know I even think of myself in terms of traveling. I don't want to get on a stuck on a boat that I can't get off of. Right. And that's kind of being stuck on a boat that you can't, you can't get off of and right. nobody can really reach out to you and help you. So how, how has the, has the systems changed? Is there some type of programs that are in place in the event that something like this should happen again? What can people really think about when they're thinking, when they want to sort of not erase, but know what else could be done in place of what was done? Yeah. So one thing, even before the pandemic that I was, I have always been a incredibly strong advocate of is cameras <laughs> because when you have cameras in, and you have to get you have to get approval authorization to have a camera in in your loved one's room or apartment in the in the care communities, but that's at least one way that as a family member we have peace of mind knowing that at least our loved one is okay. Because what happened with a lot of families and every family that had a loved one in a dementia unit, because our dementia patients can't use Zoom and FaceTime and all that stuff, right? They don't have internet. And so what happened with a lot of families is because they didn't have any type of um, video conferencing or moms and dads at the time didn't have 
you know, Facebook accounts to do messenger videos and stuff like that. So they, they went from being able to communicate to not. And so now what we see, and I encourage families too, is not only the camera in the apartment where you can talk to your loved one and, and pan around and, and see what's happening and see how the caregivers are taking care of your loved one, but we see a lot more families, a lot more adult kids being more um, adamant that their parent either be on some sort of Skype or Zoom or Facebook, and they're actually working with their parents on teaching them how to use that. Because that way, if there's ever any type of thing like this again, at least families are less caught off guard. Um, now that said, there is a new bill that Mary Daniels um, was key in getting um, passed. She's the one that made national news. She's actually here in Florida, and she's she's the one that um, her husband Steve is in a memory care unit, and because of the pandemic, she couldn't go in to see him. So she applied for a job in the kitchen. So she was a dishwasher, so a part-time dishwasher, just so that she could be able to go in and advocate for her husband and spend time with him. So she was really instrumental in passing a bill so that if there's ever a pandemic, these care communities won't shut down again. They won't force us as family members out. So that's huge. Um, and then just families being much more um prepared this time around with having internet for their parents <laughs> um having cell phones simple more simple cell phones that they can use like the jitterbug um so that kids can get a hold of their parents that sounds really good but there's still that looming question are these places safe for people to go to now well, so from a staffing perspective, and I don't want to scare people, I just want to make people aware. So as you know, we have a patient advocacy division to care right. And every single, every single day that we go to see our clients, and some of our clients we see two times a week, some of, you know, it just depends on what care package the family has purchased. But pretty much every single day that we go into these care communities or that we go into the home, you know, the, the client's house to check in on them, there's there are there are care issues that we have to take care of immediately because they are urgent. So, for example, yesterday and don't worry, I have my clients <laughs> sign a consent that I can share a general scenario. So, for example, yesterday, um, one of my client advocates called me yesterday morning because we have a bed bound client that is trying to age in place at home. So she's trying to stay at home until she dies, right? She's completely bed bound. And we have the family has 24 seven care home care in there to stay with her 24 seven 24 seven. Well, apparently the home care company sent a new companion who's relatively new and apparently not properly trained because she left her her third shift. She was there for overnights. She left without waiting until the first shift oncoming caregiver came. So our client was alone for some period of time. And the only reason that we all found out that, that this third shift worker was leaving was because when the first shift person came on, she couldn't get into the house. And so she called us because we're we're the middleman, so to speak, for the family so that the family doesn't have to take all these different types of calls. We take the we take the calls and then we fix whatever the problem is. 
So that's just that's just one example of, you know, you have to, you know, either have a professional advocate or you have to um, be that bold advocate yourself. And, and we teach our clients how to be that bold advocate. But with the pandemic, you know, the the sad thing is that just like most industries, they've had to really lower the bar or a lot of places have really lowered the bar of who they are now willing to hire because they need bodies. That is a scary thought. And that's very scary because it's one thing if you're talking about someone who stocks shelves, <laughs> you know, where there's no real life or death consequence, but when you're talking about frail, elderly, vulnerable adults who cannot advocate for themselves, it's a problem. It is. My guest today is Annalie Krieger, and she is the president of CareRight. Um, they work all over the country. I think one of the things we've all learned is that Zoom has really been able to be an advocate also all around, mm -hmm. and you can do so much more. And so if you are looking to get some help and are interested in this, you can go to 239-770-6322. We're going to take a quick break. We've talked a little bit about the landscape of healthcare. But one of the things that you talked about was aging in place and some aging plans. And I would like to cover a little bit about caregiver burnout because I actually found myself in that with my mm -hmm. father as well. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today, Annalie Krieger, has been a guest many, many times because one of the things all throughout Ellenbecker Investment Group is we too have really been an advocate for our clients as they're aging, that they've got all the necessary tools that they need to be able to maintain their lifestyle and to be safe. And I think safe is such a, a big word. And so many times um, I've sat down and one of my clients have come in to see me and they've had a broken arm or they're bruised. And I'll say, what happened? Oh, I tripped on the rug or, or I slipped on the stairs or my dog. I mean, I can't tell you how many times my dog, the chain got around my ankle and I tripped and um, all these different things that it, you know, from my perspective, it is just an open door for me to ask how safe they are at home and what necessary things they've done. And so often kids aren't around. They really don't know what's going on. And we're coming into the season of holidays, lots of different holidays. And this is an opportunity I wanted to have Anna Lee on to just help you to understand the things that you can look for, the things that um, you can notice when you go visit your parents, and how you can be an advocate just for them to have the willingness to look for an alternative or to look outside of what they're doing for better care. My father had pancreatic cancer, and um, he never, his father was in a nursing home, and it was one of the older traditional nursing homes that were just really difficult to go and visit your loved ones in. And so that was my father's frame of mind. He didn't really, wasn't open to the idea that these places were healthy and good and clean and, and very professional. So he insisted on staying home. And we literally took him to the hospital and he passed away within about seven hours. And we had no idea that for months we had been giving him 
here at home. And we look back and it could have been so much better, but we were feeling guilty and we didn't, you know, we just, you're so emotional mm-hmm. that we set up our line of my brother, my sister, our brother-in-laws, all of us being there at different times. And I remember that the only time I could go was after work and I would stay there overnight and then I'd get up and shower, and go to work. And there was no easy solution. And so Annalie, how do, how do families approach this with the holidays coming so that they don't get, they don't get sucked into providing care that that might not even be the best care but they're doing it out of love and all good intentions and then there's this tremendous burnout yes (laughs) yes so we know that 58 percent of adult children will get thrust into the role of family caregiving without ever having any kind of family discussion about the what ifs or the what whens of aging right So, and that's who comes to me as the burned out family caregiver because they got thrust into it and they just, you know, I call it the caregiver snowball because it starts out maybe easy and doable. (laughs) You know, you go and you pick up their mail or you go pick up their milk or, you know, you call a doctor once in a while and and help them with that stuff. But then as their, their conditions change and they age or dementia sets in, then these family caregivers are spending an average low end average of 24 hours a week tending to an aging parent. And that's when things are going well. So when we start having to take off work, I'm going to talk about the red flags. Well, first we'll talk about the red flags of some caregiving concerns as we go into the holiday season. Um, So when, when you're looking at having an aging parent, when you have an aging parent, you need to be aware of how are they taking their medications you know, you have to have some conversations about, you know, what's, what is working and and look around, like when you are there for the holidays, look around, look to see if there are piles of mail, take a peek in their checkbook, talk to them and say, you know, we know that scamming is really prevalent with our seniors. Mom, I want to take a peek in your checkbook or look at your account just to see, you know, just to make sure everything is on the up and up. So look for stacks of mail. That's an indication that they can't manage their mail anymore. Um, look for um, their medication system. Do they just have all their pill bottles like in a shoebox on the counter? And then how do they know which pills are due when? Um, and so we see a lot of a lot of our seniors just aren't doing well at home because they're not taking their medications properly or they're doubling up on it because they forgot that they already took it or because they don't have a system in place or because they have memory impairment. Look for goodness sake, look in the refrigerator and look in the pantry. What are they actually eating? Do they have healthy food in there? Are your parents getting around as well as they used to? When parents start losing their mobility or they transition from like independent walking to like canes or walkers, they're not able to necessarily make it around the grocery store. So what do they do? They grab things that are easy to cook or easy to eat potato chips and cookies and crackers or soup where they just have to pop the top because they can't use the, you know, the, the crank anymore. So look to see what they're actually eating and check the dates, check the dates. I want you to know if you're the adult child, their conditions can change very, very quickly within a day, within weeks, within months. For example, I've got a family that I worked with 
Um, the dad was in the hospital several months ago. The son came and checked in on him, flew in to check in on him. When dad got released from the hospital, seemed like everything was set to go. So son left and three months went by and he's like, oh, I, I need to go check on dad. Well, he was going to be coming anyway to check on his dad, but he actually got called by the police department because his dad got lost driving and he was five hours away from where he lived. So the son had to come anyway to get his dad and bring him back to his apartment. When the son entered the apartment, he was shocked. There were flies everywhere. The sink um, drain hadn't been working. So it was full of water and full of like food and full of gunk and full of bugs. Um, he still, his dad still had milk in there from his last visit from several, you know, three months ago. Um, medications were just willy nilly pill bottles in the living room, pill bottles in the kitchen, some underneath the bathroom sink. Um, it was just a mess. And then he noticed that there was like literally three months of bills stacked up. So, so my point in sharing a very, very, very common story like that, because that's, that's more often than not how families are coming to us. They're completely blindsided by how poorly their parent is doing at home. These are things you have to look for. And then look around the house or the apartment. Is it even senior safe? Are there um, bubbles in the carpet? And that's what's catching them and, and making them fall. Do their wheelchairs even work? Do the brakes work? Is the wheelchair clean? Are, if they're using a walker, do the walker brakes work? Or are the, is the walker not adjusted properly for their height? What kind of shoes are they wearing? Are they wearing appropriate footwear? Or are they wearing shoes that are going to cause them a fall? As far as the house, is, are there different um, levels in the flooring? So like, do they have a sunken living room? Do they have stairs without handrails? Do they have stairs without like the stair chair lift that can get them up and down stairs? Is there washer and dryer in the basement? And if the plan is to age in place at home and they have the money to do that and they can find the right care to be able to age in place at home, does it maybe make sense to get a rebuilder or a remodeler in there to at least move the washer and dryer up to the main floor? So if the plan is to age in place at home, how senior safe is that? Other things to look at exterior, exterior um, does the roof need to be taken care of? Do the windows need to be replaced? How safe is the driveway? Are there cracks in the driveway? Or like in Wisconsin, because I'm from Wisconsin, do, we have a lot of steep driveways, right? So we have a lot of seniors that lose their footing. And when you lose your footing, you just, you just roll downhill. And... Um, so there's been a lot of seniors that that roll down to the curb because they lost their footing on their on their very steep driveway. Can they get their mail? Do they have stacks stacks of mail within the mailbox? So if if that's the case and getting the mail is a problem and we go through all of we have a whole checklist process that we go through with our aging plan. So I'm kind of giving you some of the, the sweet sauce here. Um, but is getting the mail or getting the paper a problem? If it is, you can write the post office and have them move that mailbox up to their front door. So there are different solutions and different systems you can put in place if you know about it. I um, think there's so many things, too, that we just overlook because we're just not even familiar. I remember when my father died, my mother and dad always had a king size bed and my mother couldn't change those sheets anymore. I mean, it was like a big deal for her to wash the yes. sheets 
go all the way around the bed 10 times to make the bed. And so it would have been so much easier if we'd have gotten her a smaller bed Mm -hmm. and just changed out the bed to look at the things that make life easy for them. One of the other things, Annalie, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back to this, is that I remember so many of my clients and working with them, and we always would say beggar letters. They get beggar letters because they write checks they love to talk on the phone and they have nobody to talk to. Or one of my clients who watched one of those shows where you could buy stuff on TV and she had boxes in her garage yeah. because she liked to talk to the guy when she bought stuff. So yeah. I think not only looking if the mail is accumulating, but if you see a lot of these beggar letters asking, there is a good chance that that they might be getting hit up for money all the time. And with that, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And I've just been of late thinking so much about this radio show and how blessed I've been because I remember the day that I started over 34 years ago, and it was around the Thanksgiving time that I started. And I promised that I would never sell any investment or anything on the radio show because I believe that the radio show should be used for education and to help people make good choices that were really for them because everything on the radio seemed to be a one size fits all and whose life is a one size fits all. (laughs) And so even with the show today, my guest, Annalie Krieger, I just wanted to put information out there, it doesn't apply to everyone. And it might not even apply to you today. But it could apply to a neighbor, it could apply to a friend, or just to even think about it, if one of your friends, um, spouses passes away, there is such a sadness. And there's all this, remember, you have a big wedding, and everybody gets all excited. Well, in many ways, a funeral is like that, too, because there's a lot going on. And then all of a sudden, everything stops. And I know that this whole idea of of socialization and having something to do, you can just imagine how the boredom sets in and and it changes everything. So, Annalie, we were talking right before I uh, took the break that it's just some of these really basic things that make things easier for people, you know, because when they had the big family, I knew before I downsized, I mean, I could easily put 20 people in my house and now I can put six or eight maybe for <laughs> dinner, you know, but I don't even want to cook for that many people anymore. I know. <laughs> and, That's what you know, is for. <laughs> yeah, and all the different out. things, all the different things that we have. And it's really great when you think about it, the whole family gets together once a year at mom and dad's, but is that really the best thing now? Yeah. And to keep the house and to keep all that in place, to have one or two events a year. And just, you know, I know you're going to go through some more things that I do want to talk about. Christmas is coming and holidays. What are some of the gifts that people can think of for their parents as well to maybe make things easier? Yeah, that so (laughs) I have a few ideas for that. Some of it, you have to walk a careful line and it depends on the relationship you have with your parents and how many conversations, if any, that you've had about maybe some aging issues. So 
before we head into that, because I want to set the, I want to give you, I want to give the listeners some pointers that they can set the, set the, set the tone so that when they, you know, bring in gifts of certain kinds, then the goal is that mom or dad would be less offended. So when we have aging parents, because I can tell you as a daughter (laughs) that uh, we are concerned about our aging parents, right? Because we love them. Our goals usually for our aging parents are we want them to be safe. We want them to be happy. We want them to have the best quality of life possible and the best quality of care possible. When I ask my aging, you know, the mom and the dad, because my clients, the whole family, what are your goals as you age? It's always the same thing. I want to age in place at home, but I don't want to be a burden on my kids. But guess who calls me? It's the burned out caregivers and they need an aging plan. The only way to marry those two sets of goals, if they want, if mom and dad want to age in place at home, you have to be willing to talk about what's working well in your day and what's not working well in your day. And starting these conversations now sooner rather than later is going to be your friend, even though they are uncomfortable and awkward and you may feel very nervous about having these types of conversations. That's normal because people don't talk about this stuff until they're forced into it. So when you start laying the groundwork of, you know, mom, have you thought about, you know, when you get older and you, you know, might need a little bit more help, what does that look like to you? Have those conversations. You can get to the point where, you know, is it hard for you to get in and out of your car? Because you can go on Amazon, you can get anything on Amazon, you can get those metal uh, magnetic things that hook into the door frame to help them get to give them leverage to get in and out of the car. That's one common that's one common thing with our seniors. They want to keep their driver's license and they want to stay as safe as possible with driving, but getting in and out of the car is hard for them. Some of them, once they're in the car, they're safe, but not all of them. But <laughs> um, so what actually to go back to your other segment, I wanted to talk about cars. When you're looking around the house for like the windows and the garage and, you know, mailbox stuff, look at the car. Are there a lot of dings that weren't there last time you saw the car? Um, but, but different gifts that you can think about is like that magnetic, um, that, medic mag, that magnetic metal um, car, car bar, um, asking them what else is, what else might be challenging. Maybe if their goal is to stay at home and they have really old shaggy, you know, shag carpet or old linoleum that's all cracked or bubbled, maybe new flooring, you know, so there's a whole different variety of different things that you can think about and talk about as a family and say, mom, if you want to stay at home and she can afford to, because Medicaid and Medicare do not pay for people to stay at home. So if they have the finances and they can find actually the quality of care that they need to, to be able to stay at home, those are, those are different things that as a family, you can start putting a plan together of, okay, let's bring the washer and dryer up to the main floor, or let's, let's get, that's what we did with mom and dad, with my parents. We all went in together and got them a walk-in shower. You know, my son, Jeff, started a home maintenance company a few years ago, the um, Ellen Becker Concierge Services. And one of the things that he does all the time is put, make bathrooms safe, putting bars by the toilet, putting bars by the shower, putting a chair in the shower, putting a seat that they can sit down in and make sure they can hold and they don't slip. I think 
you know, the bathroom is such a critical area and everybody loves to have those cute little shag rugs on the floor. (laughs) And and, And the reason I cannot tell you how many people of clients of ours who have fallen going to the bathroom at night. Yep because they're a little bit disoriented and it's a little bit darker. And um, so just making sure that, that the home is, is really, is really safe. And I know that it's often hard. It was hard for me to talk with my parents. My parents were so independent and their theory was, is if we knew how much they had, we'd want it, which was totally ridiculous, but it was that, it was that feeling, that pride of, of, um, of not sharing information. And every time we work with a family and they have their family meetings and everything is kind of laid out on the table, it's really a wonderful feeling because parents feel supportive, not judged. Yes. When you have the when you have those family meetings. And I know the other thing that I've noticed is that husband and wives cover up for each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they 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 have a little dance that they do yeah they kind of cover up for each other and then that's what makes the kids blindsided when the primary caregiver takes ill or is in the hospital and then the kids come home and they're like oh my gosh I didn't know what mom was doing for dad like she does everything for him so you know so when you start normalizing um conversations about aging and that it comes from the heart of love or the intention of love and not like control you know what we're talking about we're we're talking about mom if your goal is to age in place at home let's let's figure out what needs to be done to the house and figure out a budget and a process and and phase one is going to be the bathroom phase two is this phase three is that so are those big gifts? Yeah, but is it cheaper and a better gift than having them have to go into maybe a nursing home prematurely because they didn't have a walk-in shower or because, you know, they slipped and fell and porcelain will always win. Tubs will always win over bones. <laughs> Sinks and corners of cabinets or corners of counters will always win. And steps carrying things up and down steps. Yep. Oh, that, yeah. that whole, whole idea. And I, most people probably know it is that most people do not do well after a fall of broken right. bones and things like that. I mean, yep. that is kind of the one thing that really starts that downhill slide. Correct. So when we talk about safety at home, make it fun. So like this, is one of those fancy dancy watches that monitors, you know, your steps and stuff. So make it a fun family thing. You know, there's, everybody needs to be healthier, right? <laughs> like we all need to get up. We all need to exercise. We all need to take care of ourselves. You know, so when we're talking about safety at home, um, get familiar with these different kinds of watches and our younger seniors all have these by now. So upgrade it and see if it has like the Apple phone or the Apple watches, like the, the series, I forget now what they are, but like check to see if, if your parents will, you know, let's do this as a family. Let's get healthier. Let's, let's make a game out of it. How many steps does everybody get in and get them up and get them moving. Um, upgrade their eye, eye watches or their Apple watches because the apples do have the fall sensor in it. So make it a safe but fun event that you're doing as a family. Um, Another gift, if you wanna slide this into the gift category is get your affairs in order as a family. Like you've heard me talk about the grab and go binder, get all of your documents in order, your accounts, your passwords, your insurance policies, 
get all of that stuff in order, dust it off, make sure you're familiar with what all coverage you have, make sure the beneficiary forms are up to date, and make sure that the people in the family who should have a copy of the power of attorney have it because when there's a medical crisis, they will have to present that to the hospital and you don't want to have to dig through drawers or boxes to get it. And if they don't have it, they've got to go to court. They have to go to court. And that's and it's expensive, expensive. It takes time and it's it's really not a very good process. So is that a gift? I count that as a gift because anything that we can do proactively will save you and your family time, money, stress, and angst. We know that we know that as we age, we are not going to get better. We are not going to get stronger. We're not going to get more alert, right? We're at the life, life journey where those things start to fade out. We know that we're going to need care. We know that we're going to need to be dependent on people as we age and we can't take ourselves to the bathroom anymore. So it's really a gift of having your family meetings and having your affairs in order and not talking about this stuff just one time, but, you know, breaking it off in little sections, like you're in school, like this month, we're going to focus on living wills and power of attorney. Next month, we're going to focus on the whole family, do it as a family event, mom and dad, we're all going to do this whole thing. We're doing this all together. You know, this month as a family, let's focus on funeral arrangements and get all of that stuff taken care of and have the conversations. Those to me, while it's not a fun little gift with a bow on top, it will serve you well in time. My guest today is Annalie Krieger, and she is the president of Care Right. And if you would like to reach out to her, you can do that at 239 770 Two two, and um, you can go also to her website, which is carerightinc.com, and you can sign up for appointments there. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk a little bit about the types of services that you can provide and how to make it easy and safe and comfortable for both the people who are needing the care, but also the family, because so much guilt is mm-hmm. comes about um, if you do it too late, if you don't do it on time. And sometimes no matter what, you know, there's all this. So being able to be emotionally sound um, for your parents is really important as well. And with that, we'll be right back. the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group, which celebrates its 25 years this year. So it's really been um, a wonderful journey for me with the most wonderful listeners on the radio for over 30 some years and clients that I've had seems like forever. And it's just these wonderful relationships, which is why this conversation is so important because my clients have aged with me (laughs) (laughs) and we're all kind of in the same boat and I've got adult (laughs) children that are in their 50s and 40s and you know and and I know they worry too I had a knee operation and my mother my daughter kept saying mom just be safe you know walk slower you're always in such a hurry (laughs) and uh, just walk slower (laughs) and uh, you know and and it's and it's true and I, I think 
there are all kinds of services out there and at different points that we need different things. I really did have to get to the physical therapist, you know, every day for a while. Mm -hmm. And so there were things that I had to put in place and now that's over. And I think Annalie, things come up. So how do you help your patients and your families? As you said, life is constantly changing and it can change on a dime. Yeah. Well, the aging, we know that the aging process is bumpy and you would hope that it brings families together, but I'm here to tell you that it often does not. So how I help families is I would love to reach families proactively when things are still going well, when the kids are starting to see the writing on the wall with, you know, maybe mom and dad are starting to decline a little bit and it's, you've had enough red flags to say, oh my goodness, we should probably be thinking about what, how, how can we nav navigate this aging and long-term care stuff? Um, other families come to, un unfortunately, most of my families come to me in the throes of a crisis where the caregiver is either passed away because of burnout um, or the kids have finally realized that dad's dementia is, he's just not safe at home. So we offer a 30 minute consult. We find out what's working well. What are the concerns? It's a variation of the same thing. Family caregiver burnout, disease progression or dementia progression or just aging in general. And the family has realized what they're doing is not sustainable. So we do aging plans. I facilitate five family meetings. We find out through the course of those meetings as a family, what's working, what's not working well, What's the goal? Usually it's this, to stay at home, but what's the plan if staying at home is no longer safe or feasible or affordable, where does it make sense for you to live? So my team does what's called a community matrix. We do all of the market research on home care, adult daycare programs, care communities in the areas that our clients live in or that they want us to explore. And we get the state surveys, we look at we look at all of the, we do the market research, and then we narrow down different options based on if the facility offers all of the levels of care that the, we know that the client will need. So we save the families time, money, and stress from having to do that on their own. But we also teach our clients how to be a bold advocate. We teach our clients what are the differences in levels of care, and we teach our clients how to tour these care communities or how to interview, interview these home care companies with confidence. So we put that whole aging plan in place and we provide that grab and go binder so that the family has all of their affairs or starts working on getting all of their affairs in order. Our families live all across the country. You know, when I first started doing this 30 years ago, families all lived down the street from each other and I could go to mom and dad's house and the kids could gather around. But that's why I started using Skype back then. I started using Skype when I built my business in 2011 because families didn't live, they just don't live near each other. And then when you have blended families on top of it, it can add another layer of complication. If my dad starts having to take care of your mom, I don't want my dad to start getting sick because he's a caregiver to your mom. So families really need that neutral third party person to facilitate their family meetings. And that way they can make smart, informed decisions versus I have yet to work with a family who was 100% correct on all of their thinking. You know, they think Medicare is going to pay for everything, or they think that Medicaid is an option for them, or they think that they can get into any type of care community they want to. They don't realize they have to financially qualify, they have to physically qualify and cognitively qualify. So when you're going through life, or in this case, aging, and you're making decisions off of bad information, that's why families get themselves in, an, in a jam, right? So 
they come to me and we put, we work with them and put an aging plan in place. And then life is good again for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and I think, as you say, things change, they may need very little in the beginning, but now there is this plan in place in the event that something they're being proactive. So this, I just want to encourage everyone as you're around your family, open up that conversation um, start to think about being proactive because at some point you're going to have to deal with it anyways. Right. And you might as well deal with it with the input of your parents so that you really do know what they want and you can try your very best to meet their needs. And one before we close for the day, um, when kids are like, I love this idea of a family meeting, but I don't know how to do it. So when you, how how you can broach this with your parents is, Mom and dad, is it important for you to have a say in what happens to you as you age? Is it important for you to have as much independence as possible? That opens up the door of communication. Annalie, thank you so much. If you'd like to reach out to her, you can do that at 239-770-6322 or go to carerightinc.com. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.